Well, a Woj bomb of all Woj bombs hit the basketball world on Monday night as James Harden, it has officially happened. He will be a member of the LA Clippers. Nico Batum, Robert Covington, KJ Martin going at the door. What does it mean? What's my reaction? Going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On. We might have a super team Clippers. Our Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir, you are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darren Viziri, born and raised in L.A. and going into my 19th season as a Clipper fan, or should I say, having just began my 19th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimedropperPod and subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more L.A. Clipper content where I... Went live last night, late in the night, to just give my raw reaction, and I'm not going to lie, the reason why you're not getting this podcast as early as I expected is because my my reaction was too raw. I had to calm down, I had to take a night to sleep on it before I came on the airwaves and gave you guys a serious take, and my serious take is that, I mean, you guys got to know how I felt about it, right? I did podcasts for weeks about it, I wasn't a huge fan of the move, it's not what I wanted personally, but... I got to think about it now, right? My initial reaction is, wow, we really did this. Thankfully, we didn't give up Terrence Mann, but we gave up some front court depth. Now, before we look at what the team looks like right now, I just want to give my emotional reaction as a fan because everybody knows how anti this move I was. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of it was personal reasons. Not personal in the sense that I have a problem with James Harden, the person, Personal in the sense that I don't believe he's going to win a championship because of certain things that I've been taught over the course of my life through playing and watching basketball. I just don't believe that he's going to win. He can make the finals. He can go to the conference finals. But what it takes to get over that hump, I just don't believe he will do it. Now, if there's any chance for him to do it, this is the role to do it. He's a third option with two better players. The only other time he was a third option in the last 10 years was when he was on the Nets, and just like us Clipper fans say, a lot of people feel as though if they had a fully healthy team, they would have won the championship. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the best place to find last-minute deals on tickets. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. But this is my first year having season tickets, and... I was, as you can tell, going into this season, I had kind of changed my tune from the offseason and was starting to look at things more optimistically and starting to buy into the fact that maybe all we needed was health. Maybe all we needed was health and Ty Lue to prioritize playing guys like Rocco, Nico, and Terrence Moore and no Marcus Morris. And maybe that's all we needed, full season of Westbrook and Bones, to be the best version of ourselves, to be that championship contender. This is where it stings for me. We put Paul George and Kawhi together in the hopes that those two plus a group of role players would be enough. And besides the bubble, 
we really haven't gone an answer to that question. Clearly, the front office and the organization did not feel as though we had enough. That's the only reason they make this move. If they felt like we had enough, they wouldn't have made this move. The people that wanted James Harden, they don't feel like we had enough for whatever reason, whether they felt like Kawhi or Paul George were just an injury away or an injury waiting to happen and they wanted Harden for insurance. Or they just wanted to stack the talent because they don't feel as though we have enough to compete at the highest level. Now, here's my thing. I think the Denver Nuggets are head and shoulders better than the other teams in the West based on the fact that they not only have the best player in the world, but they have a seamless fit of five players in that starting lineup that mesh together incredibly. They play a very sophisticated offense that's not just high ball screen, in which case they have the best combination in the league with Murray and Jokic. They also have good defense guys in terms of point of attack, and they move without the ball and play a motion-style offense that's extremely hard to guard. The Clippers, I'll tell you what, despite a little bit more movement in the offense so far to start the season, this is like this is going to be a very isolation-heavy team, mismatch-hunt-heavy team. Now the question is, does the high pace of the Clippers that we've seen in the first three games stick with James Harden? I think that's something I'll talk about more coming up, but I, 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 I'm not happy, guys. I, I can't say that I'm happy. But that is, just because I'm not happy, though, doesn't necessarily mean anything. I want to get people to realize that my issues with the way James Harden plays are a lot of like basketball conviction things. Like, I hate somebody that over dribbles. He is the king of it. I think that wasting too much movement, dribbling the ball, is a huge problem in today's NBA. Growing up, and if you watch NBA players, a lot of times they practice one-on-one, they do three dribble limit, two dribble limit. You know what that does? It allows you to create space and try to get good shots with less dribbles because in cl- close contested areas and congestion you are going to need to be able to create shots without doing too much. And in today's NBA, with the spacing having been changed, it changes that a little bit. But James Harden, in my opinion, he has been one of the guys that encourages, because he's so good at what he does, over-dribbling. And I think it has trickled its way down to the youth level. I think his defensive effort, while not being as bad as most people say, is very pick-and-choosy. And I'm very much of the belief that defense wins championships. And I don't believe that this is what the Clippers lacked. Ultimately, that's what I think. I mentioned Denver because I don't think James Harden put the Clippers over the top. The only thing it does, though, is now you can say Clippers have more stars than Denver. We now have three stars and borderline fourth if you consider Westbrook a star. By the way, anyone that wants to try to play gymnastics mentally and say this isn't a super team you are tripping this is the first super team in clipper history and it is a super team without question james harden make no mistake about it for all the things i say about him that i just believe aren't right fit not a guy i don't want on my team he is still 20 points 11 assists last season he is still an all-star that won the sixers two playoff games one of which didn't have the mvp in it in boston plus Kawhi and paul george It comes down to what's your definition of a super team. For me, it's three star caliber players. Clippers have four star caliber players in my eyes. The Boston Celtics are the only other contender where I can think that they have like four guys that have that all-star reputation. Now, my main thing about Harden was I don't think it's a bad fit necessarily with Kawhi and Paul George. I think it's weird to have him with Russ again where they're not the top two guys like they were in Houston. Everybody always says, well, they work together well in Houston. 
Yes, because they only had each other to be the go-to guys. Eric Gordon was their third scoring option, and he's a sixth man or just a role player. Now you have Harden and Russ together, but you have two better players than both. It's just going to be interesting to see the shot distribution, really the possession distribution, how many pick and rolls you run for each guy each game. Because Harden's so effective in the pick and roll. And even though he shot 42% from catch and shoot threes, it's not something he looks comfortable doing. It's not something that he looks always willing to do. And he doesn't move off the ball offensively. That's another one of my pet peeves in basketball. Guys that stand still off the ball. He is one of those. So now we have an even more stagnant offense. But we have more talent. We have more shot creation. There's no denying that. And one thing that Harden's going to probably help with is getting to the foul line. Because the Clippers have really struggled with that over the last couple of years despite the amazing start to the season from Paul George getting to the basket. Now, another thing that I'm worried about is James Harden having the ball in his hands so much, which is inevitable, going to hinder Paul George's aggression. I know he wants to play more off the ball than what he did before Russ, but I thought having Russ was the perfect balance because now you still got some on ball, you still got some off. I don't want Paul George to be exclusively an off-ball guy. He's still too good for that. I still think he can initiate offense at the elbow, occasional pick and rolls. He still is a great one-on-one player. And I still like us running our offense through Kawhi. Who touches the ball the most for the Clippers? Who has the ball in their hands the longest now for the Clippers? I don't know. And here's the thing. My whole life I've said I want to win a championship by any means necessary. Any means necessary. But now that's really getting put to the test. Because I do believe that championships are won a certain way. I think it's a blend of talent, camaraderie, on and off court chemistry, and luck. And I think the Clippers now, while I don't think the chemistry on the court, I'm sorry, off the court is going to be bad. I think having the four SoCal guys, Harden is an LA guy. That's the storyline, right? Four Southern California guys, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, and Harden, Playing together in a feel-good story when Harden's been countered out, when Paul George has been countered out, when Russ has been countered out, even Kawhi. But the only difference is between Kawhi and those three is that Kawhi is not criticized for basketball reasons, really. It's about not playing enough. Whereas the other three, people have real doubts about them at the highest level of playoff basketball, which is totally understandable. But coming up, going to be looking at the current situation of the team. Where does this leave them now that we've let go of Nico Batum, Robert Covington, and KJ Martin? So much to talk about. Going to be talking about it all coming up. I got to tell you a little something about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Basketball is in full bloom, baseball is in the World Series. And football is also in mid-season form. The best time to bet is now, and the best place to do it is FanDuel. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right. Let's talk about it. Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, K.J. Martin, the 2028 first rounder, gone. I want to read the rest of the terms of the deal because, all right, here we go. The Clippers are sending a 2028 unprotected first round pick, two second round picks, and a pick swap. 
And the Clippers are also routing the 76ers an additional future first-round pick from a third team. So this is as all-in a move as it gets. And by the way, I forgot to say, comment section. I just want you to know, tell me how you feel about it. Give me a pro, a con, but just let me know how you feel about it. The Clippers have so much firepower now in terms of stars. I think our offense, even though it's not the most seamless fit in the world, between having Russ in one lineup and then Harden in another, not saying they're not going to start together. I'm saying when they go to the bench and we stagger them, one of Harden is in, one of Russ is in, you're always going to have shot creation. What does that do for Bones Highland and the way he was playing and his on-ball development? I think that's going to take a hit. I think you're going to see Bones Highland play more in the maxi role, off the ball, trying to attack closeouts, hit open shots. But Maxi is really much better working off the catch than Bones Highland. I think Bones Highland, while he's obviously not as good as Tyrese Maxi, he is a pretty good on-the-ball player and I think was getting better in that respect. But now I think that's going to be a little hindered, so to speak. A little bit, you know, I think his development is going to take a little bit of a backseat for the betterment of the talent that we have now with James Harden. But here's the problem. We traded all our power forwards. <laughs> we traded all our power forwards. That was the apparent flaw that the Clippers roster had. And now we gave away Nico and Rocco. And the sad part about it is it really felt as though this was the year that Robert Covington was going to get minutes, that he'd finally been freed. Free Rocco. He had finally been freed. He'd played amazing against Wemby the other night. Nico looked like he had turned back the clock defensively. I, th- I thought he was awesome these first couple of games. And now it's like we really don't have the front court depth. Like we really just don't have it. Kobe Brown may get more minutes. Shout out to my boy DJ. He got his wish. Kobe Brown probably is going to get more minutes now. But we are thin up there. The Clippers are, and I mean, oh, I forgot to say, the Clippers got P.J. Tucker out of this as well, who I am a huge fan of, but he's just a little bit old, past it, has a lot of games where not only does he not make, score a point, he doesn't even shoot the ball. I think he gives us that toughness, though, a little bit of toughness, a little bit of hustle. Uh, He's a very good offensive rebounder. This year, he's averaging just two points and five rebounds on 40% shooting from three. So, and those are all the shots he's taken. But let's just look at last season. It's a bigger sample size. Three and a half points a game, four rebounds in 25.6 minutes, 43% from the field and 39% from three. In the playoffs, you saw the Boston Celtics sag off of P.J. Tucker and allow him to shoot to take away the James Harden and Joel Embiid pick and pop, pick and roll. And it kind of worked. It actually ended up being the adjustment that won Joe Mazzulla the series is to take away the role from Embiid by sinking whoever was guarding P.J. Tucker onto him and leaving him open and making Harden kick it out to him, and he did. Remember, y'all, my my thing about James Harden is I don't think it's going to hurt us in the regular season. I actually think we're going to have a pretty good regular season. We're probably going to win 50-plus games now. I just don't trust him when it comes to the highest levels. Now, you might counter that and say, okay, but how can you trust Westbrook and Paul George? The biggest difference is just this simple, right? I've never faulted Paul George and Westbrook besides the bubble with Paul George for not trying hard enough in a playoff game or an elimination game. I'm going to name the games that I feel like that's been the case for Harden. Elimination games only, not even just all playoff games. This is not even biased. This is just my eyes seeing it. If you disagree, please tell me. 2017 game six, Kawhi Leonard was hurt and the Rockets had game six at home 
against a team without Kawhi and without Tony Parker, San Antonio. I think they were starting like Patty Mills, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, Jonathan Simmons, and they lost. And Harden played horrifically. Almost felt like it didn't even matter. Then you had the famous set, uh, 27 threes in a row missed against the Warriors. But granted, there was a lot of bad calls or no calls in that game, and Chris Paul had gotten hurt. So that's the big what if, right? If Harden was, I'm sorry, if Chris Paul was healthy, the Rockets would have won the championship. I don't fully buy into that. I think their chances would have been higher, of course. But I think Andre Iguodala getting hurt was part of the reason they were up 3-2 in the series because I don't want to underestimate what it means to have the guy that guards the best players out there. And speaking of that for the Clippers, you have now Terrence Mann as the one guy. Thankfully, we kept him. But he's really going to have to do a lot in point of attack. Paul George and Kawhi as well. And you can make the argument that having James Harden will lessen their role offensively. Problem is, I didn't want their role lessened offensively. I like them being aggressive. I like them having the ball in their hands the way they were having it. I thought it was the perfect balance so far. But now, maybe we can get more defensive effort from Russ and Paul George and Kawhi. Not to say that they haven't brought it so far, but on a consistent basis throughout the course of an 82-game season. Now, I think what happened with this trade was the Sixers were like, get it done now or don't. It's not going to happen. So the Clippers went and got it done. And the fact that they didn't have to trade Terrence Mann, I feel like they thought it was a win. Now, I see people saying Nico Morris, by the way, Marcus Morris is finally gone. So for those that wanted him gone desperately, he's gone. But I was convinced that he wasn't really going to play much this season anyway. So I wasn't tripping on the fact that we had him on the roster. But... Robert Covington and Nico Batum are just tough losses. One, sentimentally, really love them. Uh, I think they, and then as far as basketball, solid three-point shooters. They give us versatility switching on defense, and they're great help defenders. That's one thing about Harden. He's actually not a bad one-on-one defender as much as people think, especially in the post because he's really, really strong, So he ha- and he has good hands. So if guys try to post Harden up, he, he might get some steals, and people are going to be like, oh, he's playing such good defense. That's not what I consider great defense. What I consider great defense is knowing where you got to be, knowing your coverages, fighting over screens, sitting down in a chair and moving your feet. That's what I consider good defense. Will Harden bring us that? I don't know. I think some games he will, and then some games you're going to be like, this guy's effort is, is really poor defensively. I'm just interested to see how it's going to work in the half court. I think it's going to be very clunky and take turns offense, but it's going to be a real test for Ty Lue as a coach. It really is going to be the biggest test for him to see if this group of four star caliber players can mesh together well offensively. I don't think it's going to be a personality clash thing. I think they're going to be cool with each other. The only thing is sometimes when you have guys that want to make it work, you get reduced aggressiveness and have guys not wanting to step on each other's toes. And one example of that was the 2019 Celtics that I got to watch when I was at UMass every night that had Gordon Hayward coming back from injury, Kyrie Irving coming back from injury, a rising Tatum, a rising Brown, and then Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, and Marcus Morris, who all wanted to get their own and create a little bit as well. So it ended up being a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I felt as though last year when Phoenix put together their foursome, I thought DeAndre Ayton was totally phased out, and I thought Chris Paul was okay. But as I said before, besides the Warriors recently, I can't think of a team with four star kind of players that has won in recent memory. I can't think of it. I can't. And this is just an interesting situation. Like, the Clippers have a team of four guys, none of which were drafted by the Clippers, 
all came and wanted to be Clippers to come back home. And now they're all together. In 2017, this team would have been ridiculous. But that being said, they're still favorites to win the championship in Vegas as of Tuesday morning. As of Tuesday morning, they are now favored to win it all. So all that under-the-radar stuff we were talking about before the season, oh, now the spotlight's going to be on the Clippers massively. Massively. So we lost our front court depth. I think we're going to have to replace it in order to win the championship. Because if you watch the Utah game, was our flaw our offense? No. We shot over 50%. We've been shooting well from three every game. We've been creating really good shots. Now, granted, we have not played against very good teams. Portland, Utah, and San Antonio doesn't exactly move the needle. But what I was really hoping for and what makes me so disappointed is, could we have at least seen it try for 10 games and see if if we really needed something? Because people are saying, how could you watch the, this team last year and say they were championship ready? This was not the team. We never even got a chance to really gel. We won four straight games and then... We lost one because of load management, if I'm not mistaken, against Orlando. And then Paul George hurt his leg, and that was it. But this season, we have no Marcus Morris in the rotation. We had Robert Covington playing. We had Russell Westbrook and Bones Highland and Mason Plumlee from the beginning of the season. We had a healthy Kawhi. I don't believe it was the same team. I don't believe it's the same team. And here's what I also question. How did we go from if Kawhi hadn't gotten hurt in 2021, we would have won it all, to now we're not good enough, but we have a better team now? I guess that's what it comes down to. Do you think the 2021 Clippers are better than the current team we had before the Harden trade? Because I don't. We have Westbrook. He's much better than Reggie. And we have Mason Plumlee, who's better than DeMarcus Cousins. We have a better Ivica Zubats. We have a better Terrence Mann. Okay, we don't have Patrick Beverly and Luke Kennard. We have Robert Covington, who I thought was going to play this season. I don't know. I guess I'm just on a different wavelength. Coming up, though, the pros, the silver lining. How can I get myself to buy into this? How can you get yourself to buy in if you were anti-Harden trade? Going to be talking about that coming up. I got to tell you a little something about game time. Game time is the best place to get the best deals on last-minute tickets. If you want to go to the game on Tuesday night against the Magic, while the tickets may be very affordable... Game time is the place to go. That's where you can get the best deals on last-minute tickets right up to the start of the event. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive, so you're not surprised entering the stadium, sitting behind a pole in an obstructed view, even though at Stable Center, those don't exist. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guarantee. All right. I'm just trying to make sure I get all my bullet points off. So let's just in review. We got James Harden and P.J. Tucker for Nico, Rocco, K.J. Martin, who I haven't even talked about. That's crazy to to get K.J. Martin and then trade him like that right away. The NBA is such a cruel business. It really is. I feel bad for K.J., but he may have a role in Philly. I actually think Philly made out pretty decently. Nico and Rocco are going to help that team. Like, (laughs) Kelly Oubre, Nico, Rocco... Pat Bev, they got Nico Rocco and Pat Bev now. 
Oh, man, I can't believe I really like the Sixers. Oof. And Maxie's playing really good basketball to start the year. I think they'll be decent, but this is locked on Clippers, right? So let's talk about it. In review, we got James Harden and P.J. Tucker for Roko, Nico, and K.J. Martin. I'm not happy about it. I don't think it was what we needed. I think, if anything, we needed more depth in the front court. Now we have none of that. I think we should have let it roll for 10 to 15 games to see how, what we really needed if it was necessary. But now we went all in. So it's like the Clippers have to win it all this year. It's a championship robust year. Paul, George, and Kawhi have player options next year. James Harden is an unrestricted free agent after this season. And now the Clippers have his bird rights, which means that they can go over the cap to sign him. Should the Clippers re-sign him? It all depends on how this season goes. But yeah, I'm not a huge fan of just stacking the talent and throwing it together and hoping it works. I like the right blend of talent. And just based on my amateur evaluation skills, which again, I'm not a GM and I could be dead wrong. I was wrong about Russ. So hopefully I was wrong again. So one of my silver linings is if you're a Clipper fan, I was wrong about Russ. I should be wrong again. But it was totally for different reasons. We know who James Harden is. Russ was playing completely out of character and, and with the Lakers. And here's the thing about Russ. I used to root for him in Oklahoma City when the Clippers were out. I like rooted against James Harden because I think Russell Westbrook, the one thing you'll never say about him is that he's not giving it his all when it counts. Yeah, he may make some bad decisions. He might be flawed a little bit as a player, but he's always going to give 100% and wears his heart on his sleeve. James Harden is the opposite of that. I think they're just cut from totally different cloths. Personally, they're, they're, I think Harden actually was the better player at his peak. I think he's the better player right now. But I would rather have Westbrook, which might make people think I'm a loser or whatever. And we, have, we all have our basketball convictions, right? I'm not a huge fan of Harden. I don't think he hustles. I don't think he does any extra effort things that make you win championships when offense is not falling. That's what I love about Russ. He still gets offensive rebounds. He'll screen set. How much will Harden be willing to move without the ball? Will he move off the ball besides dribble handoffs? Will he play defense on a nightly basis? I think he'll rebound. I think he'll score. But the pros are the Clippers now have championship robust expectations and the spotlight is on them. It's really hard to win a championship when you don't have the spotlight on you. Like what teams just go onto the radar all the way to win? It doesn't really happen. So now they have the spotlight. They have the talent. It's a talent upgrade and you didn't give up Terrence Mann. So you're going to have Kawhi and Paul George playing the four a lot more. You might see more Kobe Brown. I'm not confident about what it does for Bones Highland, but you, you're now going to have one of Harden or Russ in the game at all times. You have insurance when Kawhi or Paul George are injured. And if you believe the Clippers weren't talented enough, then now you have more talent. Is this what gets them over the hump to beat the, Lake, uh, the Nuggets? That I don't know. I thought we were better than the Suns and the Lakers and all them already, but I will say this might give me more confidence that we are just because... Actually, I don't know about those teams, but let's say we play against a team like Minnesota or something in the first round, or Dallas. I'm now a little more confident because of the star power that we have that we can beat them. For, so as I said, I'm more confident. I know this sounds contradictory, but I'm more confident that we can get to the second round of the conference finals now, but I'm less confident we can win the championship. Because as I said, I feel as though a lot of things got to go right and you got to have a really nice blend to beat a team like a Denver. And I just don't believe this is it. And I also don't believe Harden will come through when it matters at the very last hurdle. And I'm going to say this again. I don't care if we make the championship and lose. I don't care if we make it for the first time ever. I'm not going to act all excited. because, And I'm going to get hate for this comment. But I'd rather lose in the conference finals or the second round with a team that I like and enjoy than lose in the finals with a team that I don't really enjoy watching. And I don't necessarily like all their players. Because it's losing at the end of the day. It's, it's the same. 
I get the thought process of you want to go as far as you can when comparing individual players' legacies. Like, even though I'm not a huge LeBron guy, I do feel what the LeBron fans say when they say, oh, Jordan was 6-0 in the finals and you're penalizing LeBron for going to the finals 10 times. Is it better to lose earlier? No, it's not better to lose earlier. But as a fan, it's probably more heartbreaking to lose in the finals in the second round. And let me just say this. It doesn't matter where the Clippers lose if they do lose. They will get ridiculed like they've never been ridiculed before with this because they have a straight super team. James Harden, a lot of people have said that he's never going to win, me being one of them. Westbrook, a lot of people have said he's never going to win. I was one at one point, then I changed my tune. So maybe Harden can get me to change his. I'll just say, though, it's going to be much harder because I like Westbrook a lot. I'm not a huge fan of James Harden's game. Nothing against him personally. He might be a really cool guy. He seems like a fun guy to, to, to party with. Would I want to play basketball with him? No. I'm not a huge fan of somebody who dribbles that much. We'll see how it goes. It's just very, I'm not going to lie to you. It's very mixed emotions for me because everyone always says like, oh, if this guy joins the team, I don't even know if I'd be a fan anymore. And I'm such a diehard Clipper fan that I could never say that about any individual player because no player is bigger than the team. But man, if you wanted to put me to the test in that in that aspect, this is it. This is how you test me by putting my least favorite star that I've ever got to watch play basketball in real time on the team. It's just amazing how many Hall of Famers have been on the Clippers recently or like star players like DeMarcus Cousins, Rondo, Westbrook, Kawhi, Paul George, now James Harden. Like, oh my God. If you had told me in 2014 that we would have had Kawhi, Paul George, Harden, and Westbrook in the next 10 years and Boogie Cousins and Rondo, I would have laughed in your face. This is surreal. It's just crazy. It's my first year with season tickets, and now I have this guy on the team that I can't stand watching play. Get ready for tween cross, tween cross, step back three, fall on the floor. Get ready for that, Clipper Nation. It's coming, and foul baiting. It's all coming. But you're also going to see some great pocket passes, some great step backs, some amazing games of playmaking, and a, a team that literally is a super team. I don't want anyone to deny this. I don't care what people are saying in the media. It is a super team. Three stars. And if you want to talk about Oh, you know, the traditional definition of super team is when the players collude. Clearly, they all signed off on this. And Paul George and Kawhi were in cahoots to come together. They wanted Westbrook. They actively recruited him. So it's all, it's by every definition, it's a super team. But it is what it is. Let me know what you think. We lost our front court depth. I'm going to really miss Nico and Rocco, especially Nico, who was just an amazing member of Clipper Nation for three years. The Batum Battalion. He's gotten off to a good start to the season. And he's one of our best point of attack guys. Now we have Terrence, Kawhi, and Paul George at the point of attack. And besides that, no one on the team is a very good point of attack guy. Maybe Westbrook, you can say. That's it. Oh, man, that starting lineup. Harden, Kawhi, Paul George, Zoo, and Russ. Oh, my God. Switching one through four. Now Paul George is going to have to guard the best players to start every game for the most part. And then maybe a little Kawhi. So you now have your two best players that are going to guard the opposing team's best players to start halves. And then... Off the bench, we have Bones, Norm, Terrence, who, by the way, is not starting anymore. So much for that. Bones, Norm, Terrence, Mason, and P.J. Tucker. How do you feel about it? I don't even know how I'm going to act. Of course, I'm still going to be a fan and root for the team, but I can't lie. My optimism and how hard I was rooting for this team this season is definitely not the same anymore. As crazy as that sounds. Like, that's how much I really am not a fan of Harden's game. 
And I just, I'm not really a fan of super teams. I wanted to win a certain way. At one point in my life, I said I didn't care how we win, and now I don't know. Maybe I do care how we win. But whatever. Uh, I guess I'm hoping for the best. No matter what, though, I'm going to give you my unbiased content here on Locked On Clippers. My dime dropper content is a little more emotional, but I'm going to give you my unbiased take here on Locked On Clippers. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dime Dropper Pod. Subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for even more unfiltered LA Clipper content. And Locked On Clippers, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Monday through Friday. The old age old proverb continues. Clippers play Orlando on Tuesday night. And of course, they'll be without all their forwards against Palo Ben Carroll and Franz Wagner. Yikes. The age old proverb continues. Go Harden. Um, go Harden. Oh my God. I can't believe I just said that. Go Clippers. <laughs> Super Team City is here.